Hello and welcome to the Young Fabian Fringe, looking at what is the future of the youth movement. We're looking forward to a lively, perhaps controversial, very interesting debate um, over the next 45 minutes. So please do get involved. This is an interactive session. Before we start, um, I just wanted to cover that the Young Fabians has a safe space policy that was passed um, earlier in the year. The full safe space policy is on the website, so you can find it there. But just in a nutshell, as a lot of you are very aware, and I know that you're not going to flout it at all, we just won't tolerate any discriminatory or derogatory comments on the grounds of gender, ethnicity, disability, um, religion or sexuality. Um, and if that is breached, I do have the right to ask you to leave, but I'm sure that won't happen because we're going to have a very friendly discussion. Um, so, the hashtag for this event is YFYouthFuture, so please do get tweeting, and you can follow us at Young Fabians. Now, what is the future of the youth movement? We've got a fantastic panel of speakers from organisations within and affiliated to the Labour Party. Their views on the youth movement currently, their experiences and reflections on how it's changed and how bright the future really is are all elements of uh, the debate this afternoon. As the former London Young Labour Chair um, and now the Young Fabian Vice Chair, I think it's fair to say that I've been around the youth movement for a little while now. Um, I've seen what's worked and what's not, uh, what inspires and what aggravates, what engages and what deters and what facilitates solidarity and what creates division. It's been a roller coaster, but one I wouldn't exchange. And I hope you'll all agree with me there that the youth movement is something to be a part of and it's exciting to be a part of. However, things have changed. We've now got a new leader, Jeremy Corbyn, um, who is now considered, we're looking at a fresh way of thinking, a new kind of politics. And do we see this reflected in the youth movement? That is my question. Um, from the inquiry into discrimination against BAME members um, at Young Labour Conference in Scarborough earlier in the year, to allegations of anti-Semitism, um, the continued fight against sexism and the barriers to accessibility. These seem to just keep on coming, uh, and yet we're supposed to be the brighter alternative to the future. Is the youth movement somewhere that young, politically motivated, inspired members want to be? That's what I want to answer. So numbers have swelled in young Labour membership in certain regions. Does this indicate a surge of political enthusiasm inspired by an alternative leadership and straight-talking politics? Or, more cynically, does it represent a movement comprising different subsections of people working in isolated groups under one umbrella? As the next generation of the party, does the youth movement have potential to change the status quo? Do we? We've got all these bright young things in this room, educated, passionate, engaged, active. Does it, as it stands, represent an opportunity to facilitate that forward-thinking, inspired party born out of the need for equality, social justice and access to opportunity? Organisations that our panellists here um, represent have their own histories and are considered to have their own ideologies within the labour movement by many. This debate considers and explores whether a youth movement seen by many to be fracturing has a bright future. So without further ado, because you have not come here to listen to me, we are going to introduce our brilliant panel of guests. I'll just let everybody sit down before I start. <laughs> Thank you. So on my left, I've got Caroline Hill. 
Caroline is Chair of Young Labour, National Young Labour, member of the NUT and Socialist Educational Association and UNITE. Caroline is a newly qualified teacher, um, she's a primary school teacher in London and also a leader in the Scouts. So thank you for joining us, Caroline. Thank you. Um, further on my left, I've got Martin Edible. Uh, Martin is the Chair of Young Fabians. He is the founder and former Chair of Young Fabian Health Network a founding member of Consensus, which is a non-aligned group aimed at uh, trying to bring together different views within the party. He's also an NHS junior doctor and fellow of the Royal Society of the Arts. And we've got Bex Bailey on my right-hand side, who is the former youth representative on Labour's National Executive Committee from 2013 to 2016. Um, during that time, Bex focused on helping young women um, get involved in the party, ran a grassroots campaign on youth homelessness, <coughs> and mobilised members for the general election. Uh, Bex is also a member of the Labour Women's Network Committee and a cooperative party and community trade union member. So thank you for joining us. So without further ado, I'm going to ask each speaker to uh, give roughly five minutes analysis of their views of the youth movement and then we're going to open up to questions. So can I start with Bex? Thank, Thank you very much. Um, I'm going to stand up just because I'm really short and hopefully that way people at the back can see me. Um, so um, as Rhea said, my name is Bex and I used to be the Youth Representative on Labour's National Executive Committee. Um, I joined Labour because it's the party of equality and I want to see a more equal society and I'm really proud of what Labour did in government. Um, but I think that we need to make sure we're not neglecting our own backyard um, so we did a lot for young people when we are in government, but actually if you're a young person in the Labour Party, too often you feel shut out and that like you're not listened to. If you look at what we did for women in government, we achieved a lot, but actually if you're a woman in the Labour Party, then you do still face sexism, sexual harassment and intimidation, and that's not good enough. And we did a lot for people who were on low pay when we were in government. But if you're on low pay in the Labour Party, you probably can't afford to stand for selection. And sometimes if you're a young person on low pay or a student or sort of not earning any money, then even going along to a campaign day sort of the other side of the country can be really tough. Um, so I've spent my time on Labour's NEC trying to make sure that we practice what we preach when it comes to equality. So that it's not just about what we do in government, although what we've done is great and what we will do in future I'm sure will be great, but actually making sure that we are living up to our own standards within our own party. So as Ria said, I focused my time on Labour's NEC, uh, focusing on young women and helping young women to get involved. Um, because I know from my own experience and from mm. my friends' experiences how tough it can be. Um, and I sort of wanted to make sure that we were sort of focusing on equality from that point of view. And um, so we achieved a lot from holding the first Young Labour Women's Conference, having training for young women that helped them to run their own priority campaigns, and um, that helped them to run their own national campaign days for the general election. Um, we worked together to get rid of all male panels, and that's something that I was really proud of doing, and um, it's something that the Young Fabians have done as well, which is really excellent to see. Um, and we also worked to try and open up selections. So within open selections, um, in the run-up to the 2015 general election, only five women were chosen in target seats across the country. But I think it was fewer than five, um, which is obviously appalling. Um, and obviously you need some change there because it's like, if you believe that that is fair, then you're probably trying to say that, that women are less talented than men, which is not the case. So it's clearly a problem that we need to solve. Um, and the other big thing that I've been focusing on um, is sexual harassment in the Labour Party and the way that that is dealt with. Um, it's sort of 
Um, there's a lot of people who came forward and basically said that they had problems because they were too scared of coming forward to complain about it. Um, they weren't sure they would be dealt with properly. Um, and so we wanted to make sure that people, people were able to do that. Um, and there's still a long way to go. Um, so we've achieved quite a lot in terms of the structural side of stuff. Uh, but the main thing that we need to be focusing on to make our youth movement more inclusive is the culture of it. Um, and that's not just for women. Um, women are held back in the Labour Party. But so if you're BAME, if you're LGBT, if you're disabled, if you're on low pay and working class, um, there are still barriers within the party that we need to address. Um, so I think the two key things are doing more to change our structures and, as I said, changing our culture. Um, and in terms of the structures, this is the boring bit, but having sort of sat on the NEC for the past three years, I'm not going to lie, I now think this is really exciting. Um, but it's about uh, thorough and enforced codes of conduct, and that needs to be at all levels of the Labour Party, and um, online as well as offline, because I think uh, recently it's come to light um, that the online abuse, um, I mean, it was, a young it was a Fabian Society survey that found that um, women are experiencing, I think there's 91% of women are experiencing online abuse, and it's putting them off sort of thinking about getting more involved in the Labour Party, and they're seeing sort of senior women politicians experiencing that as well, and it makes them not want to stand for positions, um, so that's really important. Um, I think it's also about better training for not just staff, but actually officers within our local parties, because um, a lot of the time they are the people who are expected to deal with problems, and um, people are supposed to go to them to report in the first instance. Um, so these are people who are volunteering their time, who aren't given enough support by the party, and who don't have things like equality training, um, and aren't actually taught how to deal with these problems, um, which then just makes the problems worse. Um, so we need to make sure that that is in place. Um, and the other thing that I've been fighting for, um, which is slightly harder, and I'm in a bit, a bit of a battle with the party about it, um, is independence within our complaint system. Um, so that if you have a problem and you want to come forward with it, um, you don't, you sort of shouldn't expect it to be treated in any way as sort of a political thing. It shouldn't be um, that you fear political consequences as a result of sort of reporting your sexual harassment. Actually, you should feel that that is dealt with independently and objectively. Um, and I think it will give people more confidence in the system and make them feel more able to come forward. And <coughs> um, that's really important. Um, and just to say as well, credit to Ria and the, and the Young Fabians around their safe space policy, which I think um, has made a big impact on our events and is a really good thing and is something that we should look at throughout the rest of the party as well. And um, so the other thing that we need to look at alongside the structural change is the cultural change, um, which is much, much harder. Um, but I think it's really good that Jeremy's talking about a kinder, gentler politics. Um, and I think we really need to make sure that we put that into action. Because um, as Ria said, we've seen problems with sexism. Um, women candidates in the last general election who had children said that they felt that members were questioning their ability to be a candidate and their time commitment. Women candidates who didn't have children felt that they were being questioned about their ability to empathise. Um, and so it was a lose-lose situation. Um, and no man was questioned about that. Um, so there is a clear problem that we need to deal with. Um, and we've also seen, as I said, sort of sexual harassment, we've seen the anti-Semitism and racism, and we need to make sure um, that we are changing our culture and that we're not just sweeping these problems under the carpet. And I think this is the really tough thing for the Labour Party, and um, the thing that we need to be really brave about is making sure that we have a more honest and open culture, um, which in a world of sort of 24-hour media, I know is really hard, um, but it's better to be dealing with these problems up front than having a big sort of media scandal further down the line anyway, and it's the right thing to do. Um, so we need to be really brave about that and make sure we have a culture where people feel they can come forward and report things. And by encouraging people to come forward, that way we can more easily work out what the problems are and start to tackle them at the root causes as well. 
Um, so that's what I'm fighting for on the NEC and standing again, um, and I'm fighting to change our culture. And I think it should be our youth movement that's leading the way on that, because um, we've done a lot of great things so far, um, and we should be the beacon for the rest of the party and showing them how it's done. Thank you. Um, that was really, really useful and I think it was great just to pick out a couple of points in terms of the online abuse. If you consider that young people tend to engage most politically online, yeah. then that's something that we, mm. we do need to kind of look into and what you've talked about with women um, and access for them. So thank you. I'm now going to hand over to Caroline, who's going to talk about her experiences. Okay. Um, I was elected of Chair Young Labour um, about three months ago now and... It's hard to know where to start. <laughs> so I'll start at a little bit of an overview of where Young Labour is now. So Young Labour in the past six to eight months has tripled in size. So since the general election last year, leading up to the leadership challenge, um, not challenge, leadership election, in um, September, we had a tripling <laughs> of our members. What you guys? <laughs> Chill out. So, basically, what we're doing now within Young Labour is we're looking at what we can do with this entirely different membership. We've gone from being a relatively small organisation to having 60,000 members. And that means that the way that we currently operate just really isn't fit for purpose. So I'm actually quite excited about what we're doing in your labour now because we have to look at operating in an entirely different way, which is where all this party reform stuff has come in. I don't know how much you've heard about it, and you all would have probably, if you are a member of the Labour Party, you will have received information about it, but it is one of those things <coughs> that Jeremy Corbyn spoke very passionately about during his leadership campaign that now is struggling through the processes of trying to get out to actual members. And I think that's something that doesn't just happen in the Labour Party, but is a, has a huge effect on young Labour. So, how many in this room have actually been to a young Labour event? Nice. You are the engaged ones. And what the real like, trick for us to do is to try and make as many young people feel like they can belong to our movement as possible, because that's what it should be. It should be a movement for young people. It should be something that young people feel they can get involved with. Because unfortunately, the reality is, young people do not tend to get involved at CLP level. Partly for some of the reasons that Bex was stating. You know, young people, as well as especially young women, young BAME members, tend to be overlooked or not taken seriously at CLP meetings, and we don't feel like the culture of those meetings is either relevant to them or inviting to them. <coughs> and that's why we need to have Young Labour. I think Young Labour's role should be to empower our young members, so that you have the kind of training and education and support that you need to actually engage with the Labour Party structures confidently, so that you can talk about the policy that might be debated at the Fabians, for example, you can talk about the things that are being debated at your CLP confidently and then stand yourself for election. The thing that differs so much between the way that Young Labour works and some of our sister parties in Europe work is Young Labour isn't some kind of electoral force. 
we don't have a whole barrage of young candidates who sit in Parliament, who sit on council seats as representatives of young Labour. We don't. And we, that's probably because we don't tend to offer them the support to do that. There isn't the support in the party, in the party structures to get them there. One of the big things that we should be trying to do as a movement is actually have that young Labour bloc in councils, in Parliament, speaking up for young members, reporting back to young Labour, representing the kind of policy that we decided to put through. And that just simply isn't the case. And we need to look at our European sister parties to ask ourselves how we can do that. So that's why, at the moment, with the kind of party reform that we're doing, we need to look at how we can change Young Labour to be able to bring about this kind of movement. We want to be able to be reaching out to far more young women members. I mean, look at the room. Like, come on. <laughs> we need to be making sure that the room is full of people who don't feel like they need a university education to be able to engage with the Labour Party because they can join the Labour Party and get that kind of education anyway to make them feel confident to engage with it. It's like a massive vicious circle at the moment because you get neither. You just have university graduates dominating the structures. We also need to think about what we can do as a campaigning movement. So many things affect young people and the politicians of this country tend to say, well, young people don't vote, so let's not be too loud about it. Um, that, you know, the Labour Party tends to shy away from talking too much about young people, and Jeremy Corbyn has received a considerable amount of criticism of late for supporting policies which are generally only relevant to young people, to people who are going to vote. And I simply don't believe that this is the way that the politics in our country should be working. We should be lobbying the Labour Party to fight for things like looking at that dis disgraceful white paper that's just come out on HE, but also on education in general, and lobbying our representatives to start talking about it and start talking about it loudly. Luckily, we have got a leader that has started doing that. We've only recently just launched a campaign to try and stop the kind of unsubtle introduction of further tuition fees at um, higher education level and we've done this by launching a campaign, I don't know if you've seen it, called the Tory Price Tag. If you go to thetorypricetag.com you can get involved with that which what we, what we hope will be a much bigger campaign of engaging young people and making sure that young people's futures are not written off. I think this is a really exciting time for Young Labour because with our reforms, with a new leader, we have an entirely new chance to look at how we can create a movement. Like, last but not least, media and the way we engage with it. Young Labour still uses the same structures it did 10 years ago. The world is not the same as it was 10 years ago. 10 years ago, I got my first phone. Like, now I'm constantly on my smartphone. This is what we need to be talking about. Like, Tom Watson, great. He's talking so much about digital media. <coughs> But he is the one that is like top down trying to run our young labour reforms to talk about how to engage more young people. Like, no offence, Tom, but if, you ever, if you've ever had a conversation with Tom Watson, he's, he tries to be very cool. I mean, you've all probably saw his letter where he talks about that band that he'd found out. But like, he is 
not young Labour and young people should be empowering the way that they want their own movement to be run, not Tom. Like, he's got the best ideas, but he's not going to take us there. We need to be taken away a little bit from the party, be empowered as young people to be autonomous, to be independent, to start standing our own candidates because we've trained them, we've supported them, we've engaged with them by actually having decent communications, by having really inclusive events and if we can do that we can create the proper youth movement that so many European countries already have and we have a little skeleton structure of. very much Caroline um, it certainly was very interesting to hear kind of more about the reform in Young Labour um, and all the processes that are going on there um, and looking at kind of ways that we can start to be more like our sister parties in terms of youth politics makes it a bit more powerful and maybe a little bit more about Bolshe um, so my, I suppose food for thought for the audience when you're thinking about your questions is that due to the new leadership is that is that possible? Are we an inclusive enough as we are anyway as a youth movement for that to happen? Okay, Martin, would you like to? Thank you, thank you, Ria. Um, first of all, you know, it's such a pleasure to share a platform with Bex, Ria, and Caroline, you are, who I've known for a long while. And I think <laughs> last time we were sharing a platform together was in, it was a, a different type of platform, <laughs> a dance floor at conference. So it's good to, it's good to, see, it's good to see you all here today. Um, so, what is the future of our youth movement? This is a really, really important question. And for me, um, it can be, you know, symbolised in three words, or beginning with P. People, policy, and power. And both Bex and Caroline have touched upon some of these issues. So starting with people, you know, in May, we lost pretty badly at the polls and following that we had a very brutal and you know interesting and exciting leadership election which ushered in Jeremy Corbyn and the party has shifted in a new direction and I think part of our role as the youth men, as one as the one of the most active and exciting and enthusiastic part of the party our job is to articulate Labour's message to the public to go out there and campaign so we have to continue to be that electoral force that's so important um, in local and national elections. <coughs> that's a role we've been playing you know, very well and a role we need to continue doing. And you know, the London mayoral elections, which you know, ushered in Sadiq Khan, is an example of how our voices can be heard if we campaign on the ground and speak to the public. The second very important area, and an important area for me, in which I see the youth movement playing a huge important part, is in policy. We, in this room, you know, you, we have some of the brightest um, people and individuals, especially the young Fabians, I meet those members every day, and we are a fountain of knowledge, and we have to come together and think of the big ideas for the party, big ideas that the party can take on board. There's huge amount of policy challenges we face. The nature of work is changing, inequality is growing within the UK, we have a crisis of social democracy across Europe and our role as young people within the youth movement is to come together 
and try to think about how we can tackle some of those key challenges. And this year, one of my three priorities and a priority for the young Fabian exec is bringing together our members and harnessing their energy and ideas to produce policy. For example, last a few weeks ago, uh, Emily Thornbury helped to launch our own Defence and Security Review, which is going to run alongside the Labour Party's own review and may come to different conclusions. We have a Women in Leadership programme highlighting the important um, role um, you know, women play in public life and encouraging our members, the female members, to also put themselves forward. In addition, looking at ways that we can tackle some of those structural inequalities within our society. This is one of our key roles. We can't just be campaigners, foot soldiers. We have to be part of the engine that drives the party forward in thinking of some of those bold key ideas. In 1992, Ed Balls, when he was a young Fabian, put together a policy pamphlet in which he outlined that the Bank of England should become independent. A few years later, after working with Gordon Brown, having the idea of Gordon Brown, when we entered government in 1997, Soon after, Gordon Brown made the Bank of England independent. And that's an idea of how Fabian ideas, your ideas, can actually influence Labour Party policy and actually change the country. The final thing is power. And Caroline touched upon this. In addition to being campaigners and a fountain of ideas, you are the future councillors, parliamentarian, parliamentarians, assembly members and MEPs. You not only have to articulate his message, you have to put yourself forward. So there's a role for us in the youth movement as chairs, as leaders, future NEC members, is to give you the tools so that you're able to confidently put yourself forward for internal and external elections. Because it's not only for you know, the voices of young people to be there campaigning, we have to be at the table to influence policy and truly ensure that um, you know, the country goes in the direction that we want. We have to be in position of influence as councillors, as future parliamentarians. And those are three key areas in which I think the future of the youth movement lies. <laughs> Caroline touched upon our sister parties in Europe. Um, back in September, I led a young Fabian delegation to um, Sweden, along with Rayhan over there, he put his, put his hand up, I, I'm LJ, and we met up with the S Swedish Social Democratic Youth. And out there, their youth movement is not only vibrant and large, but it has influence. Young MPs identify not only as social democrats, but also as social democratic youth. And the reason they've got to that is not, it hasn't happened overnight, it's happened through hard graft, working with their senior parties, negotiating and saying, we not only want to campaign, we actually want to be there actually making the decisions alongside you. And we have to do that, because houses are not going to be built. Tuition fees aren't going to come down unless young people are there at the table. So, as I was saying, the future of the youth movement is bright. And it, if we ensure that it's grounded in people, policy and power, you know, we can actually make a difference. And that's my thoughts. Look forward to hearing your questions. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you.
you, Martin, for your optimistic words. I love the three Ps. I think that's great. I might take that on. Um, I'm going to open straight up to questions because we're quite short on time. So I'm going to take it in rounds of three, if that's okay with the panel. Um, and hopefully at least one woman in each group of three, please, if possible. So can I start with Charlotte? Then can I have Akuba there and the, the gentleman there, please? Thank you very much. And can you keep them short and introduce yourselves, please? Yeah, Thank so you. I'm Charlotte. My question picks up on point that Caroline mentioned. And it's just, I think very often the youth movements of party of young Fabians are seen almost as training grounds for the real bits of this group, uh, which isn't the case with our sister party. So I really want to ask the question in two parts, which is first of all, how can we change that, that instead of training for big group, um, we can actually be uh, standing? And also I think those organisations of like training grounds and respect aren't necessarily always present once you leave a youth movement and a lot of people fall out of politics. How can we as a youth movement make sure this goes on after you're 27, after you're 31? Great, thank you Charlotte. Uh, hi, I'm Puma. Uh, I just wanted to say, uh, you mentioned uh, other European parties and as a European living here in, uh, in the UK, I just wanted to say um, I found it personally quite difficult to start getting into uh, like youth politics in the UK because because it is very different. So it has a very different feel to it than uh, than uh, politics back where I'm uh, where I originally came from. And I just wanted to say, uh, how do you think we should encourage um, uh, encourage both people here in Britain and uh, and immigrant communities to join in uh, the youth movement and the left wing youth movement? Thank you. And that's been there. Thank you. Yeah. Hi, yeah. Hi, I'm James. And um, about, you know, I agree with everything you said about how you know getting more young people campaigning. I think that's where we can really push forward because a lot of people in CLPs and you know, no offence to them, but many of them may be a little bit, you know, a little bit older, maybe a little bit, <laughs> you know, maybe we're a bit more active, so we can you know pound the streets more. Get right <laughs> and um, so my question is centred around that about how do we get more young people out on the doorstep because. Yeah, you know, I formed a, a young labour group in my area, and now got you know we've got our, our own Luton sessions going on, our own door knocking sessions, and also working with the CLB to get that forward. So, you know, how do we promote that message of working together to get more young people out campaigning? Thank you very much, James. And could I add a tag question to that because I'm desperate to know what you all think. How do we, yes, engage young people in campaigning, but how do we also avoid young people becoming campaign fodder? which is what we can become. So just to be interesting to get everyone's perspective. So can I start with um, Caroline this time? Mm -hmm. And then Bex and then Martin. Thank you, just a couple of minutes. Okay, um, where to start? <laughs> I'll start on campaigning, because um, I absolutely agree. I think there is nothing better than having a group of young people on the doorstep because we do it faster. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> that said, I, it really worries me that, like Rhea said, like we are seen as campaign fodder. Like we can, you know, walk your streets up and down, largely because young people, especially if they are at university or if they're at school, they tend to have the free time that is needed to do this. Um, and they also, you know, they don't have commitments such as children often, um, and obviously like work or part-time work. So we are seen as campaign fodder. We're great at leafleting, but I'm not here just to be a leafleter. If I wanted to be a leafleter, I would do that as a job. <laughs> I don't. I want to talk about politics. I want to actually build relationships with the people in my community. And I think sometimes we forget that when we're knocking on a door and going, 
hi, from your local Labour Party, do you vote Labour? And sometimes I feel like we lose that. We rarely also do like cold knocks as well. So like when you're actually talking to people that aren't voting for you, um, because it's not seen as very useful, and it isn't, but I think sometimes there's a lot of, oh, I heard this on the doorstep. Yeah, you heard that on the doorstep from a like, very solid Labour voter. What about the ones that um, actually are going to turn their duck back on you and go, no, nah, I'm not registered to vote. Nah, I don't think I believe in politics. I think you're all the same. Those are the kind of conversations that actually we need to be talking about. We need to be talking about why those things are happening. I think as young people, considering that the large bulk of people that say that they don't vote are in our age group, we need to be addressing that as well as a political party. Like We're not just going to shove it off to some other... I don't know, organisation in the UK to deal with it. No one else is going to. Politics has to fix itself. So we need to be engaging with them. That's all that's <coughs> on campaigning. Um, training grounds. Um, it is often seen as a training ground. I think even the Young Labour isn't enough of a training ground. I don't think we do give enough training and support. Um, I wish we did. That said, when you leave the youth movement, I wouldn't know, I haven't been there yet, but <laughs> I, I could understand where the fall-off is because often you do get that leaving uh, university, there's a strong engagement with Labour students because you have strong structures, you're there at term time, you've got you know like regular things going on and then you leave university and you don't tend to engage with your local young Labour group. You're active at Labour students, there isn't the young Labour group there for you. We need to have more regional groups but that means that we also need to work out how we're going to make them happen because often regional groups are made up of people who are over 24 who've left uni <coughs> and then people that are school age and sometimes these people don't have a lot in common. Um, you know, like, I've got some great comrades who are 16, 17, but, like, our lives are worlds apart, especially considering I'm a school teacher. Um, and um, engaging with immigrant communities, I'll just say one thing because I'm probably running over. Um, I, the one thing I would say with that is I think we just need to be a Labour Party that doesn't spend its time talking about the dangers of immigration because that is the one set like fail proof way of making sure that people don't join the Labour Party. So Charlotte, I think your point's a really important one. Um, I think too often uh, young people, not just in the Labour Party, but just in society, we talk about young people as the future, and we're not the future, we are the here and now, like young people in our communities are making such a big difference and often don't get the recognition for it. Um, so I think the Labour Party also needs to change the way it looks at young people and recognise that actually the amount we contribute is just as much as at any other sort of level of the party. Um, and that does mean supporting more young people to stand for councils, for example. Um, so I'm really proud that we did some training in Young Labour and we got more young councillors in and that was great. Um, but we need to go much further because um, those young councillors that we did get elected have proven themselves by sort of, with our youth homelessness campaign, passing motions in their local councils, uh, guaranteeing they won't, won't, turn around, uh, won't turn away young homeless people. Um, and they are making a really active difference on the ground. Um, so we do need to make sure that we're doing more training for young people and throughout the party. Um, and I think we need to learn from the people who are doing it well. Um, so Labour Women's Network does fantastic training for women who are thinking of becoming candidates. Fabian Women's Network has a mentoring scheme uh, where they pair people up who have um, got elected or who are really involved in the party at different levels um, to sort of bring up another young woman with them. 
um, and the Future Candidates Programme uh, that Labour runs with the trade unions, which gets people who are active in their local communities, but not necessarily active in the Labour Party, but they do share our values, um, and trains them up to become uh, local councillors and candidates. Um, so I think we need to learn from that best practice and make sure we're doing that across the party. And um, The point about getting involved in the Labour Party and how tough it is, I still remember my first it wasn't even just my first CLP meeting, it was probably my first two years of local party meetings where um, I was the youngest person in the room by at least 30 years. Um, often I was one of two women um, and I also used to be much more shy than I am now. Um, and it was really hard for me every time I had to put my hand up, which was every five minutes, to ask what people were talking about and what acronyms were what. Um, and at the end of the day, I started just writing notes on my piece of paper and taking them home to my dad and asking him to explain to me what had just happened in the meeting. And to be honest, I don't know why I even stuck with it, but I really wanted to get involved and do something. Um, and I don't think anyone should have that experience, and we need to make sure that we're making it much easier. Um, and as Caroline mentioned earlier, young labour groups are a great, great way of doing that, because um, it gets you involved in a way where you meet other people your age and who share similar interests, and that can be really helpful um, when it comes to getting involved in other parts of the party, because you can do it together with a group of people you already know. Um, but I also think... It's about having different kinds of events. Um, so if you look at young people, um, a lot of people say we're apathetic and we're not interested in politics. And it's not true if you look online at petition sites. Actually, that is where young women are getting involved in politics. And it is predominantly young women, but they're not getting involved in the Labour Party. So we are missing a trick. Um, and what we need to do is look at different ways of engaging them and different kinds of events and looking at doing more online um, so that we are sort of reaching out and adapting to the modern world. Um, James, congratulations <coughs> on setting up the Young Labour Group. That's really great to hear. And I'd love to talk more about that um, afterwards. Um, going along to your first door knocking session can be the scariest thing. And again, I still remember my first time. And I was terrified of anyone actually answering the door. Like, I just was there praying that nobody would. Um, whereas now, like, I get bored if no one does, and I really enjoy doing it. Um, but it can be really terrifying. Um, and I think part of it, again, is it's about being supportive and giving people the training and support that they need. Um, but also about making those sessions really fun. So we aren't just campaign fodder. Actually, like, combine that training session with a social and make sure you're giving something back to the people who are giving up their time. Um, one of the things that I found has worked really well is I worked with uh, Stella Creasy on something that we call circular firing up squads, um, which is women's campaign sessions that we combine with women's leadership training. Um, and we've had so many people coming along to that for the first time and then getting involved. Um, and they come away from it with skills um, and sort of feeling boosted by it, which is really great because we're giving something back as well as, as, well as sort of taking their time for, for door knocking. Um, so yeah, I think we do need to make sure young people aren't just campaign fodder. And that's also about giving them a greater say in policy, as we've already mentioned, um, and empowering them to run their own campaigns, like the youth homelessness campaign, um, where we sort of trained people up and gave them resources and, and tried to make sure that they were able to do that um, on the ground themselves. Mm. Okay. Uh, Mark, I'll, you be, I'll, be, I'll be ready, ready quick. Yeah, I'll be ready <laughs> quick. So in terms of Charlotte, your question on training ground, I think, I can't speak for young Labour, but for the young Fabians, that's particularly been the case because of our policy focus. And we've had some great alumni come through the organisations, such as you know Rachel Reeves, Stella Creasy, uh, Med Balls, lots of lots of people. I don't think that's going to change. I think we need to be uh, continue being the training ground. However, we need to ensure that we're not putting people off politics and we're broadening our intake. So just going on to what you said, Cuba, I think it's about. I don't you know I don't think I'm representative of the general 
26, 7 year olds out there, you know, I've got three degrees, I know, I, I'm a medical doctor, I'm a, it's, it's, but it's for us to engage those people, those people from working class backgrounds, from BME backgrounds, more women, and to get them involved in the policy making process and help train, to train them up. I think that's what's important, and I'll, I'll leave it there so we can get more questions in. Thank you, Martin. Oh my goodness. Right, can I go for LJ at the front? Maps there, oh my gosh. And then the gentleman here. There's no one, any women that want to speak. No, yeah, I'm putting you on the spot. Oh, could I ask that lady? <coughs> and ask you as well. Go on then. Um, <laughs> could you keep them really short? And can I ask panellists to pick one yeah. question to answer this yeah. time? Thank you very much. Um, yeah, so I'm LJ. I'm, amongst other things, chair of the West Midlands Young Fabians. And one of the things that I notice about the youth movement a lot is it is horrifically London focused. Does the youth movement even have a future if it only focuses on 7% of the UK population? Would be my question. Thank you very much. Um, Matt? Um, yeah, just picking up Martin's last point about tackling general apathy. In terms of the education the young people get in this um, country, personally, I didn't have any political education in school and there was no encouragement to sort of tune into what was happening. So I think you have lots of young people who are, who are very bright but see coming along to events like this is just quite a strange thing to do. So how do we think less internally about our own youth movement and look more externally and make sure that every young person knows that engaging in politics is a lot of fun? Not just brown racks. Thank you. And the lady just at the back there? Um, the I'm Georgie. I just I think something really good about the youth movement is like um, young people are really encouraged by like, um, saying, oh, do women want to speak? Or kind of by having courses. Um, but then it doesn't really translate into the party. Um, so like my friend, she works, um, she's working for the party at the moment in the EU referendum campaign. And she said she's the only young person who was hired in her office and one of only two women. So it's kind of like the youth movement has all these progressive policies, but I, do, I don't really know how we can translate that into the party and like at local levels within the party. Thank you very much. It's a really good question. Thank you. And gentlemen here very quickly. Um, involvement in labour values in general finds quite fertile ground in people who have secure jobs, careers, who have gone from education with a clear idea of what they're doing. And I think my CLP and this panel reflects that. But some of the people that need labour values the most are people in the most precarious, young people who work nights, bar jobs, restaurants, badly unionised, badly organised and non-politically conscious people. It's all very well us talking to each other about this, but how do people with strong labour values and strong labour involvement reach out to the people that have no political consciousness whatsoever, but could certainly use some? Thank you very much. Okay, Martin, one minute. Yeah, I'll be very quick Thank and I'll you. summarise. So just, uh, I'll pick up on a few points. LJ, yes, you're absolutely right. We need to reach out beyond London. Um, you know, politics is too London-centric. The Labour Party is too London-centric. A part of our problem, especially with the last general election, and Ed Miliband's um, <laughs> period as leader is that it just felt like it was just dominated by North London Liberals. Nothing wrong with North London Liberal, I'm kind of one myself, but <laughs> <laughs> it's important that we get uh, more voices from outside London. And you know, just picking up the last point that was made, it's, it's very important. That's we need to be able to articulate policies and ideas in a digestible format to the general public who do not usually engage in politics and who need labour the most. And I think that's crucial. I discovered Mark from waiting tables. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Martin. Caroline. 
All right, this is going to be super quick. Um, London focused, I will say this though, a third of our membership is in London, which is why they do that. Um, and obviously I don't agree with it. I do think we do need to have a massive focus, but like that is essentially why we do have so many of these events in London, around London, because that is where the core of our membership is. And it was obviously reflected in the way that we... Are the two related? They are... I have no idea. <laughs> um, but just as a point. Um, your points. Trade unions. We need to make sure that people in these kind of industries are being unionised and we need to be working with unions in, able to be, in order to do that. There are so many precarious industries that are not properly unionised and they can be. If you look at like the Fast Foods Right campaign being run by um, the Bakers Union, that kind of thing is the kind of union campaign that you need. You need to be fighting for a decent living wage for people who work for massive giants like McDonald's who are represented by the Bakers Union, don't ask why. Um, and we need to be engaging people that way, especially young people, especially people who work precarious hours, poor contracts. And I've seen that happen. There are obviously people in the union movement who also um, aren't politicised. They are in the union movement, but they don't think the Labour Party represents them either. And we need to be working together because that is the point of the Labour Party. Um, and that's all the time I've got. Thank you, Caroline. Thanks. Um, LJ, we are too London focused. Uh, one of the things I tried to do um, when I was uh, helping to lead the youth movement was set up young labour groups around the country, which I'm sure Caroline um, will continue to do. And it's something that the young Fabians are doing a great job of. So well done on that. And um, we can't win a general election if we focus on London. Like we know that we do well in London. Actually, it's places outside London that we need to be focusing our efforts on. Um, so yeah, let's get out of London. And um, Matt, I think you raise a really good point. I think we need to be looking at political education in schools. We need trade union education too. Young people aren't joining trade unions as well as the Labour Party, which is a really big problem. Um, and I think we need to change our voting system, have ballot boxes in schools, make it easier to register to vote, get everyone who's in sixth form just signed up automatically like they do in Ireland. And um, there's lots of changes we can make. And so coming to your point, um, we we are the advocates, like we are the ones who are who sort of have contact with young people on a day-to-day -day basis who aren't political or don't see themselves as political in a way that the rest of the Labour Party doesn't. So the Labour Party should be supporting people like you to go into schools, to go and talk to your peers, to be that voice among them that sort of gets them involved and tells them why the Labour Party is so important. Um, and Georgie, I'm really sorry to hear about your friend. Um, let's name and shame it and call it out. And I think if we put pressure on people, hopefully um, that's sort of how we've stopped the all-male panels. Um, and I think that, that hopefully we can keep putting the pressure on and making sure that women um, are getting those jobs and those positions and are well represented. Thank you, Bex. Um, okay, we are quite short on time, so we're going to have to finish that. And I feel like it's been a bit of a whistle-stop tour of, how, of a massive area, which is the future of the youth movement. So do get stay involved with Young Labour, with Young Fabians, um, keep in touch with the NEC. You know, we've talked about the regions, we've talked about training, we've talked about power, people and policy, we've talked about campaigning, yeah, no, we're just finishing. Um, we've talked about bridging the gap between the youth movement and the party and changing party perspectives. So I'm really sorry we started late because of the other group. Do get involved in and let us know if you want anything from us. Thank you for coming and thank you to our speakers. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Carlo. If anyone does want to get involved in the reason outreach office, then the reason outreach office is